The FT. One of the best-known faces of Egypt's 2011 revolution has been sentenced to five years in prison by a Cairo court. Alaa Abdel Fattah, a blogger, democracy activist, and outspoken critic of the regime, was imprisoned for breaching a controversial law banning protests without official permission. I'm Fiona Simon, and on the line with me is Hiba Saleh, our correspondent in Cairo, to talk about the case and what it says about the state of human rights in Egypt today. Hi, Hiba. First, can you tell us how Alaa Abdel Fattah came to be such a popular figurehead of the revolution? Well, Alaa Abdel Fattah has been a dissident even before the revolution. He did time in jail in 2006 because of his role in protests supporting the independence of the judiciary. He's extremely outspoken. He has been a very sharp critic, I think, of everyone who has ruled Egypt, from the military council, which took over after the revolution, to Mohamed Morsi, the Muslim Brotherhood president, who ruled for a year. And then Alaa has also been a very scathing critic of the regime of Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, the former army chief who ousted Mr. Morsi. He comes from quite a prominent intellectual family, does he not? Yes, indeed. And he comes from a family of activists. His sister, Mona, founded a group called No to Military Trials for Civilians, which, as its name indicates, it campaigns against the use of military courts to try civilians. His father was a prominent human rights lawyer who himself was imprisoned and tortured in his youth. His mother is a professor of mathematics who has been active again since before the revolution in campaigning for academic freedom. So what were the allegations against him in this particular case? He was charged in relation to a protest held in November 2013, soon after the adoption of a law which required the organizers of a protest to apply for permission or to notify the Interior Ministry, and which gives the ministry the right to ban protests which it considers, for instance, to constitute a threat to public safety. This protest was called by the group No to Military Trials for Civilians, the group founded by Alep's sister, and it was held outside Parliament and intended to pressure the panel which was at the time drafting the Egyptian constitution to avoid the inclusion of clauses which permitted military trials for civilians. I actually was there at the dispersal of this protest. There were about 200 people standing on a pavement across the street from the building. Police used water cannon to disperse them. Alaa was charged with breaching the law, of course, and he was also charged with stealing a walkie-talkie from a police officer. Now, he was acquitted of the theft charge, but convicted of breaching the law. Was he the only one arrested at that particular demonstration? No, there were dozens of people arrested. There was a large group of women who were released overnight after the demonstration. They were essentially driven into the desert and released there. And the men faced trial at today's sentencing. 18 people got three years in prison. And Ala and another man, Ahmad Abdelrahman, got five-year terms. What was the reaction when the verdicts were read out? 
There was anger in court. People chanted down, down to military rule. Of course, there had been the expectation that there would be a harsh sentence, but I think, of course, many people hoped that that would not happen. Do you think that his media profile will be any use in helping to secure an early release, Vahala? He will appeal. Everyone convicted is entitled to appeal to the Court of Cassation, which will pronounce not on the substance of the case, but on the application of the law. And if the appeal is accepted, then they get a retrial. Whether his media profile will help him, for instance, secure a pardon, President Abdel Fattah Sisi said in a speech to the nation yesterday that he was aware that there were some innocents in prison and that he was going to release a first group of youth in the coming days. I think it is, it's really difficult to say. I think the authorities also know that once released, he will resume his activism, he will resume his criticism, so they might wish to avoid that. You mentioned that General Sisi has talked about releasing some of those people who are innocent. To what extent does he have control over the judiciary and how far does the judiciary retain any independence in Egypt? Well, the president has the authority to pardon people. So what he said was that he would use that authority to pardon people. In relation to the independence of the judiciary, I think it's a complex picture, but certainly we are hearing complaints from lawyers and human rights activists about harsh judgments, neglect of procedure, about judges routinely renewing detention orders for people who have not been charged, so they spend a long time in prison before charges have been levied against them. But what can also be said is that many cases have been thrown out on appeal, retrials have been ordered, more senior judges, for instance, on the Cassation Court, more experienced judges, have a reputation for independence. So it's really a mixed picture. Democracy advocates say that all this is part of a counter-revolution rolling back the gains of the 2011 revolution. To what extent have these gains survived in Egypt? I think many activists are angry about, for instance, the release of former President Hosni Mubarak, his two sons, many key figures from his regime who were on trial for corruption or for giving the order to shoot demonstrators during the 2011 revolution, pretty much all of those people are out of prison. Activists are also angry about the protest law. They feel that if it weren't for public protests, Mubarak would not have been overthrown, and that large numbers of people also came out against Mohamed Morsi, the Muslim Brotherhood president who was ousted by the military, on the back of widespread public anger against him as well. So they feel that Egyptians have earned that right and it should not be taken away from them. There's also anger about freedom of expression. Many critical programs, for instance, have disappeared from television, critical talk shows hosts, critical writers, all those people are facing curbs. There isn't the kind of diversity of views which existed in the aftermath of the revolution. Thanks, Hibber. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.